Welcome to the very first episode of the Women Owned Wednesday podcast by Ellie Jane. I'm Ellie Rowe, entrepreneur and founder of Ellie Jane Collective. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm new around here, but for those of you who may not know the purpose behind my business, it's really the same here on this podcast. And that is cultivating a community around female founders, artists, business owners, and more. I've always been super passionate about small business and feel it's such an essential part of communities all over the world. So each episode will touch on topics such as inspiration, innovation, intuition, the three eyes, and also the day-to-day of owning a business in an ever-evolving landscape with a variety of female founders and creators locally, but also nationally and internationally. Today, we're talking to Agnes Trainer of Indigo Plant Design based out of Tacoma Park, Maryland. Indigo Plant Design helps to connect individuals with plants and teach them how to nurture, grow, and care for them also. Agnes and I talked a lot about plants, obviously, do's and don'ts in caring for them. I think we also determined that my own personal struggle is probably overwatering, so no surprises there. But we also talked about what inspires her as a business owner and how she's evolved her business over the years. So without further ado, here we go. So I've never actually done a successful Zoom meeting like this entire quarantine. I don't really need to. And last yesterday we tried it and I don't, it worked. And I don't know when I actually really have to do one, it never does. So I apologize, but this works. No, that's okay. It's totally fine. I actually had the same thing because I have a crazy mic that's all hooked up so that the audio is, you know, decent quality. And so I had my boyfriend come in here right before this call and we were testing it too, because for whatever reason, it's like, as soon as you need it, technology just acts up. So I totally, totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> but but I mean, my is my phone regardless, but I was like, oh, maybe I can, fine. <laughs> you know, I try to be fancy and then it never works out. Okay. But can you like, you, you can hear me. Okay. Like the way this is. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, this is great. Um, I will go ahead and introduce you. So this is actually going to be the very first episode of my podcast, which is very exciting. Um, this kind of stemmed from um, an Instagram live that I was doing for a while that was all women-owned businesses and founders and owners of those businesses. And so it kind of made sense to segue into a podcast since a lot of the audio was being repurposed anyway. And hopefully, we can kind of share this on Instagram or on Facebook because um, I'm recording the video as well as the audio. So hopefully we can kind of share this cross platform. Um, okay. But very excited. Um, and I want to take the time to introduce you as well. So you pronounce your last name Trainer, right? Yes. Okay. So Agnes Trainer. So you're and you're the owner and founder of Indigo Plant Design. I am. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, and so I guess the best way to start is kind of just to talk about how you got started because this is kind of, you know, something that I've been following for a while. I feel that the boutique plant shops have kind of started popping up all over mm-hmm. the place. Um, starting a few years ago, I actually wrote an article for WTOP about just kind of boutique plant shops and how so many people are getting more into you know, having plants in their homes and that being, you know, a form of decor. And there are certain plants, obviously, that have kind of more of an aesthetic that a lot of people are using, like the snake plant, for example, the monstera plant. Um, Right. Anyways, I'm just curious how you got started and where your love for plants came from. Um, And if you can share a little bit about that. Um, Sure. So... Um, as I maybe have shared with you a little bit before we started this podca- podcast, this conversation, I guess it hasn't been fully um, a straightforward journey. There's a lot of playing around and a lot of different things that happened along the way. But officially, um, Indigo Plant Design started it in 2015. Okay. Um, actually started out as a mainly um, service-based company and I was doing commercial mostly commercial plant design um, for office spaces in the city Um, prior to starting the business I was working for a company locally that was providing similar services Um, it's kind of like where I learned the ins and outs of the business Um, also realized that there was a really high demand for plants in the city even though during that time, um, plant, the idea of plant design was very different. Um, you know, people weren't quite so much into plants and exploring the different kinds of plants we do now. Um, like you say, on kind of like a boutique style, um, 
you know, houseplant community type thing. It was more just, um, you know, plopping a big houseplant in the corner of an office. <laughs> Anyone who's ever been in an office, you kind of get it. You still have these like leftover plants and planters that aren't particularly super cute, but they're just kind of there. Um, and I feel like that, you know, definitely that um, kind of evolved over the years. Um, but that's how Indigo Plant Design started. Um, do you have a background in like biology or, you know, what's your background in? Um, I actually have, I do not have any formal training in, in plants. I have a degree in psychology. Um, okay. And uh, I got into plants working at a plant shop um, pretty much right out of a few years after college um, uh, where we were kind of just self I worked with a team of of people and we were all into kind of exploring plants um and we all kind of just taught ourselves how to grow things <laughs> basically really cool. so through experience um I dabbled in some hydroponic growing during that time which was a really good way to learn about the needs of plants and how they grow and um how they absorb nutrients etc um what does that mean you said hydro Oh yeah, hydroponic is um, hydroponic growing is soilless growing, growing plants without any. Wow. Um, so like yeah. air plants? No, well, air plants are um, no. Uh, you'd be growing plants with roots. Um, you know, like uh, you could grow tomatoes, or but you could also grow ornamental plants. Um, you just grow them in a substrate. Um, that is lightweight but it's soilless and then you are constantly flooding the plants with nutrients and water okay. um water um so they're uh you know uh yeah so they're they're not growing in soil usually they're grown under artificial lighting and during that method as well okay. usually like if you restore and you know you see like the lettuce um in the little containers and they have the white roots growing out yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it actually grows um, food a lot faster because you're constantly feeding the plants what they need. Like they don't really have to work for anything or dig through the soil to get nutrients. So it's a very efficient method. Um, but that was a really nice way to kind of plant. And since, I mean, that was, that was a long time ago, but since then it's been a lot of trial and error and yeah working with a lot of different varieties, growing plants outside and inside and yeah. That's really cool. So when you transition, did you transition from doing Indigro plant design for businesses and then when COVID struck doing it more for individuals or did you transition from working for the company doing the commercial design and then transitioned into doing your own thing with individuals? like? What did, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, yeah, the shift, um, I think I, the transition to doing um, what I do now is um, happened before um, COVID um, okay. happened. It probably, I started maybe thinking about making a shift in the business about early, early last year. I was kind of feeling, um, I am a one woman owned business. I work by myself. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, I was just feeling a little bit lonely and, and working alone. Um, the kind of the way my business was structured and, you know, there was very little like intimate human contact um, in that because most of my clients were eventually became maintenance contracts. So it was just going into office buildings and watering plants on a weekly basis. But, you know, there was very little like interaction with other people and I was kind of feeling like that wasn't very satisfying to me anymore. And I was seeking out different ways to connect with people. Um, so, and it, it was kind of a, a journey to get there. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, and I just, I mean, it took me a little while to figure out exactly how I wanted to change my business. Like I didn't really know how to make a sh the shift. Um, and I did start working for a, um, a local nursery part-time just to kind of um, get 
in touch with people who were enjoying plants. I just needed to, I just wanted to be surrounded with people who I could share my like plant nerdiness with and be excited about plants. And um, working at the nursery really helped me kind of get an idea of the current trends in plants and kind of like what people were looking for in terms of, you know, services from a smaller company, um, you know, in terms of like, they wanted advice on what plants to grow and even, you know, what planters to pick. And, um, you know, it, I realized that that was something that people were definitely seeking and it wasn't really that intuitive for everybody. Um, so um, that was kind of an interesting segue into deciding to maybe start um, doing that. Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, going back to that, I think one of the things that we had talked about is how like this concept of the straight line journey, <laughs> um, right? starting from point A and getting to point B and then to point C. And I think there are so many people, myself included as a small business owner who, you know, look at the journey and think, okay, it has to be like that. The journey has to be from A to B to C. And I need to know what each of those steps are. And if I just follow those steps, it will be successful. But I think that's almost like a fatal flaw of small business is that most people's journey does not look like that. Um, and so what were some of your struggles that you, you know, when you were thinking about moving your small business from commercial to more person to person, individual style mm -hmm. setup, what were some of the challenges or questions maybe that, you know, you thought about when making that transition? Um, well, the first, yeah, the, the main thing, I guess, was actually um, getting recognized as a business um, in, a, in a different kind of a whole different demographic outside of just like the commercial sphere of um, where I was currently working to like get recognized on a local, more personal level. Um, and I wasn't quite sure how to go about that for a little while. Also, I was a little bit, maybe just lacked a bit of confidence to like really fully put myself out there as just like, well, here I am and here are my plants. And, you know, it was a little bit terrifying actually. And, but ultimately I just started seeking out, um, shops and businesses locally that would maybe want to sell my plants and I live in Tacoma Park Maryland so I started with just some of the local places in town um literally just saying here you know would you like to sell my plants and mm -hmm. it actually you know every time I got like an affirmative yes it would just be like okay you know <laughs> branched out and started looking in DC um and um sought out uh went to a shop made in DC um and asked them, uh, and it, you know, and kind of like made connections there, which have proven to be really wonderful. And I've done some really great things with them um, over the past few months. But yeah, slowly and but surely, I think I've just kind of put myself out there. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think too, for those who don't know, Shop Made in DC is a really awesome organization. I think they've been mm -hmm. for about three years. Um, and I'm very familiar with them because I also wrote an article about the founder. I did an interview with her years ago, actually, when they first opened the first location and just about her journey and how she got to where she was. And I don't think her path was very straight either. There were a lot of, um, you know, obstacles and also just trial and error like there always is. But they're really amazing because basically the process is makers within a certain mile radius of the city can fly to sell their wares within the shop. And so they, you know, feature all kinds of different makers from ceramics to jewelry to, I mean, they also have food maker, you know, they have the whole, they run the gamut. Um, but they're a really amazing organization that really supports a lot of small businesses and local artists in the area, which is really cool. Um, so if people haven't checked them out, they definitely should. But they also do a lot of events and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, Stacy. I'm assuming you're speaking about Stacy, <laughs> but yes. yeah, she's she's a wonderful human. And actually, I I I just by chance, uh, 
I actually have taught some classes there recently, um, taught one, the last class there pre-COVID and have recently taught um, a couple of classes, but just by chance, I think she like mis sent me an email one day, you know, that was totally meant for somebody else. And she was like, hey, you know, do you have some art you'd like to display? And I was like, well, no, but I do plants. And then she was like, do you want to teach a class? You know, and that just, all, I was like, yes. And that's really how it all happened. And it's just kind of wonderful. And since then I've worked, yeah, we've done some cool collaborations and she's definitely helped, you know, introduce me to some local women who are doing, you know, not plants necessarily, but are kind of, you know, dealing with the same things and trying to put their work out there. It's really a great way to build community. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that's always been one of my goals too with all of this is making those connections. And I think mm -hmm. especially hard right now, just because there's not as many physical events happening or, you know, physical opportunities to meet people face to face. And mm -hmm. the internet is so overloaded, I think, with so many different businesses. And, you know, if you're a small business, it's just hard to get on any kind of like search result for people who might be looking for your service. So a lot of the way that people do that is through face to face and it's just difficult right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to ask you too, like how things are going. I mean, how have things changed with all of this, if at all, um, for you? I mean, I, you mean with COVID? Yeah. I mean, in a way, I think it's probably helped I know, because, you know, people have been using, we're using the internet or, I mean, most of my business is through social media. Instagram has been huge connector for local um, clients and just people interested in plants and connecting the whole plant community. So that's been wonderful. And with more people being home, it's definitely people spend a lot more time online. Um, I do also offer um, contactless delivery, which was really paramount, you know, during the early times of the shutdown. Um, so that really helped a lot. And I found that to be something that people really wanted. People like deliveries of all things, yeah. <laughs> but you know, especially with plants. And I do offer plant and planter combos. So it's just, a you know, you can get it all delivered. Um, and I do help you figure out what's best also um, in that way. So it's really, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's been, it's been quite wonderful. It makes me feel pretty grateful that I can offer a service that's helped, you know, helped people cope, you know, with plants. And I mean, it's definitely helped me just make connections and like finally find the thing I was, had been seeking the entire time. Um, of running a business that really wasn't, wasn't quite the right fit. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. What are some of the, um, I guess, more popular services? I mean, are people typically just ordering the plants and having them delivered? Have they been doing, you know, like, I don't know, virtual mm -hmm. events? Or what have been some of your most popular? I know we were chatting about that briefly earlier today, but what have been some of your mm -hmm. popular services during all of this? Um. Definitely online. I just I have a online shop. So people buy through the shop and I do deliver um, or through um, Instagram. Also, if people see, you know, if I post something and they're like, oh, I love that plant, you know, or that's cool. Or what do you recommend or etc. Um, and then I have been recently doing um, some pop-ups also that have been um, been doing some farmer mar um, farmers markets and um, recently did an event at Shop Made in DC where we um, had a big plant sale there. So now that things have started reopening, um, I have been doing some more person-to-person -person events. Um, but during the time of like the complete shutdown, it was all just done online with um, you know contactless delivery. And can you tell yeah. us what the what the website is and what your Instagram is so that they know? Oh, my in Instagram is at Indigo Plants, um, and you can find my um, website through there. Link in bio, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, indigoplants.ucoid.com. So it's an e-commerce site that kind of is just connects to Instagram. It's it's a really easy way. I mean, I set it up, and you know, I don't haven't even really developed like a full-blown website but it seems to be working 
okay, um, especially with the way it's set up and people being able to ask questions fairly quickly. Um, and I like to be pretty responsive. So, um, yeah. That's but awesome. at Indigo yeah. Plants, perfect. Um, yeah, I want to make sure people can, can find you. Um, what do you, I guess, too, kind of along that same route, what do you feel like inspires you uh, when it comes to plants and doing what you do every day, like, you know, what gets you excited? I guess we touched on that a little bit in terms of the in-person contact, but, you know, you kind of offer a consultative approach to plants. And is that kind of where you find a lot of your inspiration is through interacting with people or, you know, caring for the plants themselves? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both because it's a bit of like a process I guess like but I mean I'm definitely driven by the connections you know I've made you know making connections with people um plants are a fabulous segue um and it doesn't have to be in person you know I've met definitely met some people but most I have not um but I do enjoy that aspect of it. I enjoy when people ask questions. I want to, you know, be able to help them find, you know, the right combination. Um, but also I just really, yeah, I really enjoy plants and I really like selling them, I guess. Yeah. And I really do like them. I mean, you can see kind of like my house is a bit of yeah. a jungle. I have, I have all the plants and I really enjoy the, um, I enjoy pairing them with planters and I have found that that's worked really well. Like I'll just, I'll see a plant and then I'll think of a planter I've seen somewhere. And I think like, you know, that, that would look cool or whatever, you know, and mm -hmm. put them together. I'll take a picture and post it, put it in my shop. And then kind of, um, I also enjoy like seeing what people's reactions are to my work to kind of figure out, you know, what it is that people are into. It's all just kind of like a whole process of like discovery in a way, but I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's really nice. Well, I liked your pumpkin succulent that you posted today. <laughs> that was really cute. <laughs> do you do a lot of like kind of seasonal decorations like that? I do. I mean, it's probably the first, yeah, first one I've done like that but yeah I do um enjoy just kind of making plant crafts I guess I like playing with you know using them in different ways um the I've never actually made the little succulent pumpkins the first year I'm doing it but they're super cute and they're really fun um and I hope to maybe be teaching some classes on how to make them in the future um uh, I've also yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that it's cool to stay innovative. We actually, I mean, this is not a small business, but um, we were, my boyfriend and I were in Bethesda this weekend. And it's so funny because have you been to the anthropology in Bethesda? Right? Oh, yes. The terrain. They're it's plant a wonderland. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Going to, I'm on Bethesda. I do. I like drop in there, at least just like window gawk at all their things. Yeah. They're um, definitely an inspiration. They're in a what? An inspiration and in the some of the things they have, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they opened um, a winter pop-up shop. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know when it opened, but we saw it this weekend, and I don't know, there were a lot of cool ideas from there. I feel like you could get a lot of inspiration. They did um, mm -hmm. clear ornaments with um, plants inside. They also had, I'm trying to think of what mm -hmm. other cool things they had. I mean, obviously all of your wintry type decor, but they had, um, some of it was real, some of it wasn't, but you know, all the spruce, the long spruce, like, you know, mm -hmm. wreaths and um, mm -hmm. stuff, but I don't know. There were just a lot of cool ideas. I love going in there just to kind of look, cause it does give you kind of design inspiration or just thoughts for holiday themed things. I think lots of years i you know, in the past, I've gone into stores where they're doing holiday stuff in October, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, so early. But for some reason, for this year, this year, I'm all about it. I think everybody's just looking for like a reason to decorate. Everything, everybody is all about it this year, and with people staying home, especially too. I think people are really going to be decking out their 
homes and whatever decor plants like just things that just make them feel like warm and and happy and good so yeah yeah, playing around with seasonal decor is definitely fun so I do I do like the idea of the little terrarium ornaments it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's cute Mm -hmm. yeah yeah let's talk about too some of the plants that you have going on right now I mean from my perspective the things that I see a lot are things like snake plants and the monster plants and a lot of succulents and cacti. I've struggled myself with cacti because they're kind, I don't know if maybe I like touch them too much or maybe I'm like, but like messing with them too often (laughs) because I love them. But for some reason, mine never look good. Like they always look like they're suffering. Yeah. I think that's the common, um, it's pretty common for succulents. Um, they're supposed to be like the easy no-brainer plant but and snake plants too like they people kill them easily yeah. and like and it's like it's always just like i you know it's not the an easy plant for me with succulents i mean they just need a lot of sun like they need bright bright light like all the time and they really can just have very little water like you know you really don't have to i water mine maybe once every like 3 weeks or so okay um yeah. Um, but you just, I think I would say the issue with most succulent owner fails are, is, is the lighting people want them, but you know, like, and with time too, they kind of grow, even if they are in bright light, they do grow up, they get leggy. Like they don't always stay like this compact rosette. They will eventually kind of branch out. That's why the little succulent pumpkins are so fun. Cause you can literally <laughs> just nip all your like weird succulents. And just like you're literally gluing them onto then pumpkin. It's amazing, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as ease of care plants, I mean, there are definitely some that, you know, that are pretty foolproof, I would say. I mean, um, and I think the problem is some people just probably, like you said, like just touch the, you know, they just worry about the plants too much. And it's like, well, you know, I have this like glass of water next to my bed. So every morning I'm just going to dump it into my snake plant. And like, that's just, you know, <laughs> I hear that all the time. you like, you know, you mean, I don't have to water my plants every day. Like, <laughs> not really. <laughs> nope. That's not good. Like, that's just like going to kill them. They don't want all the TLC in the world. So. So what do you think um, are kind of, well, we could, we can start one of two places. We can start talking about maybe what are some of the easiest plants to take care of? Mm-hmm. What are okay. some kind of across the board? Well, we'll start with that. We'll start with what are some of the easiest plants in your opinion to take care of? If somebody comes to you and says, I'm really a novice, but I want to kind of dive into, you know, taking care of plants, where would you start? Um, I would recommend, I mean, depending on your light requirements, of course, like if you have full, full, you know, depends on what you, you know, how much light you have. Um, but there are a few that are pretty foolproof. Um, I think there are, there's a plant called the ZZ plant. Um, most people are pretty familiar with it. It's kind of got like glossy leaves on kind of like a stocky type, um, leaf. Um, they are very forgiving as far as watering. They can tolerate low light, um, and they're just wonderful, easy care plants. Um, outside of that, you can definitely anything in the philodendron. I think in Monstera family is the monster. Yeah, they're both the same family, but those plants are fairly easy if you have um, better light. Um, they can also tolerate. I think what makes the plant easy to care for is it's forgiving if you maybe fail to just forget about it for a little while i mean all plants no plant is going to do really well with supreme overwatering, but there are just some plants that can definitely handle some neglect um also another favorite of mine are um aglaonemas and they are maybe a little less known these days um it's a chinese evergreen um and there are several different varieties of them they're really not i'm feeling like I'm, it's my next move. I feel like I kind of want to bring them back because they truly are probably some of the easiest plants to care for. They're low light, they're leafy plants, um, but 
these days, the varieties, I mean, they have dark green leaves and light green leaves and red leaves and pink leaves. Like they're, they're beautiful plants. Um, they just haven't, you know, made the hip plant list yet. So <laughs> what do they um, look like? Do you have one? Um, do I have one? I do. There's one right behind me. I just feel like maybe it's like a little dark in here. Um, I was actually, I'm sitting here because I am currently converting my dining room into a plant <laughs> area. So, um, <laughs> I'm doing so, the same uh, thing too. I'm sitting. So, oh, okay. yeah. Function very Japanese style here. Um, but just to show you, yeah, I guess you could. Oh, oh. light on better. So, this is yeah. the Chinese evergreen. It is a, this is a dark leaf variety. You can kind of see it. Um, and that might be the only one I have, but anyway. Um, it's like a stocky, lots of leaves, very spiky. Yeah, like it just like has such a good presence. Like it's a full, nice plant and it's just like the easiest thing to care for. They mm -hmm. don't like too much water. That would be the only thing that would be detrimental to it. Um, but I also, I like those. Um, but on the popular plants list to, um, the pilea that everybody loves, known as like the pan pancake plant, the one with the round leaves. That's mm -hmm. a pretty good, um, beginner plant for sure. Yeah, that one's really cute. I have two. It's funny. I have all my my. Oh, I know. I love all your planters. Baskets. So I've I found that I people love baskets <laughs> these days. It's so fun. Them too, but those have been some of my top sellers. Is um. Yeah, It'd be fun to maybe, yeah, join forces. We can sell plants with planters. That's been, um, yeah. I would love that. I have so many, seriously. Like, there's, <laughs> I have hanging, hang, my hanging plant. Oh, I saw that one on your side. I love it. That one's really fun. Mm -hmm. Our little baskets are fun, too, just because you could fit something really cute, a little, you know. Yeah. Um, little tiny awesome. succulent in there but yeah and they're all handmade which is really cool most of these are made in Africa mm -hmm. all of them are made in Africa um but and it, some of them are really sturdy I mean have whole variety but yeah it's so fun I mean that's the thing for me too I love I love plants I just feel like they add so much to a room mm -hmm. seriously um but I think too one of the things that I always struggle with in terms of care, like, what do you feel like are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when caring for their plants? <clears throat> um, I think, I mean, I think people just overwater them. They give them too much care. Um, yeah, they basically just dump like regular daily doses of water onto their plants. Um, and that's just like, yeah, that's just not good. But I think I am, I am encouraged these days by the fact that people really are trying to like, they're, people want to learn. Like mm -hmm. they want to, especially with the amounts of plants a lot of people have been accumulating lately. Like you said, little jungles, like literally just houses full of plants. Like compared <laughs> to what I have now, it's a lot to yeah. handle. And people are really, they've spent a lot of time with their plants. They're, wa you know, they're watching them. They're seeing what they're doing and it's, probably the whole you know that's your key to success is you know they are living things so you do have to pay attention to them and see you know usually a plant if you're familiar with it will tell you like when it needs watering yeah I, I think um, there, too. what did you say yeah. there's really no general rule as in like oh you know all these plants get a cup of water every so often it's just doesn't work like that. <clears throat> you kind of have to research each one and try and figure out yeah. what works for that. Yeah, well, it also, each one is going to act differently in your home, depending on, you know, the light it's getting and the humidity in your house and how quickly it's drying out. Like, they're all, everything's going to dry out at a different rate um, in a different space. Mm -hmm. depending on how much light it gets. So it's really, I mean, there's maybe some form of a general, you know, these plants like it drier and these plants like it wetter, but ultimately you kind of have to learn how, you know, plant care in terms of um, your own space and how your plants are responding. So it's probably better to buy plants based on your space versus based on <laughs> a oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think, yeah. So I think, I mean, people do try. Yeah, you really have every plant. Like if you just don't have any light, you just can't have all the plants. Mm -hmm. um, some place, some people can, but I mean, there's just, I mean, there's so many plants out there right now that there's definitely some awesome ones. Anyone can, you know, anyone can own some great plants. Maybe not, you won't be able to own like all of them, but um, you know, but you can get creative too. There's ways to hang stuff and there's artificial lighting. There's all sorts of things that you could do. Um, but yeah. What are some good low light plants? Well, like the ZZ plant is a good one. Snake plants, of course. Um, which with those, I guess, I'm not sure why people fail, but I think it's probably, I don't know. They can be kind of weird with watering sometimes. Um, let me think what else I have here. That's a good <clears throat> low lighter. Any of your trailing plants, like your pothos or philodendrons, the one that, you know, the trailing plants, um, those are really, really great low light plants. And they come in like all sorts of like leaf colors. And I mean, it's really quite amazing of like how much variety there is right now. Um, those, so yeah, those are probably my top three low light, easy care. Do you plants. grow them all yourself or do you get them as seeds or how do you? How do no, I I'm a wholesaler or some I get um, directly. Well, all, all the plants, all the tropicals, I would say the majority come from Florida. They all get either trucked here to a wholesaler somewhere that kind of like sells to, you know, the rest of the northern part of the United States or um, some come from Hawaii and those can be a little pricey on the pricier end. Um, they're like, a lot of them come from Canada also, grown in greenhouses, but a lot of your like most, you know, your monsteras, your like your tropicals. I mean, they all, yeah, they all come from Florida. Um, I'm from Florida. I was raised in Florida actually. And you know, down South, these plants are like, <laughs> like weeds. I yeah. think we spend so much PLC trying to grow like a little, you know, tabletop plant <laughs> but in reality plants when given the right conditions you know are, are all grow to be pretty substantial <laughs> things yeah just not I mean, I, I yeah too one of the questions that i was going to ask you is how do you prep your plants for winter i mean i know there's a lot of different varieties but now that we're heading into the colder months i have some plants that are sitting outside, you know, that I want to bring in. Is there anything that you need to do? Do you need to change the soil or anything like that to prep them or? Well, just the main thing I think to recognize and remember about the winter months is we, the plants are going to be, the days are shorter, the light is not as strong. So the plants are receiving a lot less light, meaning they're photosynthesizing a lot less. They're growing a lot slower. So you definitely want to ease up on the watering. This is a time like when in doubt, like maybe kind of just like, you know, def you always definitely want to feel the soil before you water to kind of feel out what's going on. Um, but this is a time when you um, step back on the watering a little bit because um, the plants do stop or grow a lot slower. And so you can also ease, um, you don't have to fertilize your plants this time of year either. Um, no, I mean, if you're really feeling like you need to repot your plant right now, possibly, but the best time to do all of these, all of that is um, springtime when they begin actively growing again. It's kind of best to just kind of leave them how they are so they don't get too stressed with, you know, whatever's going on in the change of seasons and enjoy them. Buy more plants. <laughs> yes. What do you feel like? I mean, I have issues sometimes with um, like yellowing of leaves. What is mm. really the culprit of that? I would think that that could probably be overwatering. That's mm -hmm. usually the culprit. It depends on the plant. Um, with pothos, for example, pothoses are the vining plants. Um, if you let them dry out too much to where the leaves really droop and then you water them again, a lot of the plants will turn yellow. I mean, the leaves will turn yellow, meaning they just like, they're done. You can just, you've just picked those leaves off. So that's one reason. Um, but if your plant 
you know, if you don't ever allow it to dry out that way, um, chances are you're overwatering. Okay. So it's definitely, yeah, it's a watering issue of, of some sort. Okay. Yeah. What are like, what are some frequently asked questions from folks? I know I always ask a lot of questions for my plant purposes, you know, for example, I have a cactus right now that had like, I don't know, it has a weird growth and it's having trouble growing additional little mm. cacti. Um, but I'm just curious, like, do you get like the same questions from people over and over again? Are there popular ones that people ask as it relates to plants? Um, I, I'm trying to, I get sorts of questions. Yeah. Um, a big a big one is um, uh, the prayer plant Calathea family um, is pretty popular now. Um, you know, the plant, those plants come in just like, it's like in all the pretty different foliage and they're really popular. They have the stripes and like the rattlesnake shaped, you know, leaves. And those are the plants that fold their leaves up at night and then like relax them during the day. So a lot of people have own those particular plants and a big question there is why isn't my plant folding its leaves at night um i feel like that's a pretty popular one because people do own those plants um what's the what's the answer oh the answer you're just your plant they react to a light cycle so you're more than likely just not get they're not in a, a space where they're getting uh, enough light. yeah they respond to like night and day but it ha if you have them in a spot what that transition isn't as, you know, they're basically in a spot that's too dark, <laughs> then that won't happen. Um, but they're just, I mean, they're so cool when they do that. So you definitely want to move them. Um, outside of that, it's a lot of succulent questions also. Um, and I think definitely a lot of monstera questions. A lot of people have monsteras as far as like pruning and growing and, um, yeah. Well, let's so talk plants, about really quick. Yeah. What do you, I mean, cause I have one too and I, my issue right now with it is the yellow leaves. So I think maybe I'm watering it too much, but I always wonder too, when it's, you know, when it's time to repot, how do you know? I mean, if you're doing it seasonally, you know, that's obviously one way, but what, what would be some other signs of having to repot a plant? Well, some plants, hmm, like if it's a really, I mean, I guess the biggest sign would be like, it's literally just like, seems like it's like toppling out of its pot. Like it's just grown. Like the actual like top of the growth is just like, just too big. I mean, too big. And it's like either toppling over, it's like, just doesn't look like it's like comfortable. That doesn't necessarily mean the roots like are too big for the pot, but aesthetically it could just be a nice thing to do. Um, we keep plants in their pots like for a really long time after buying them. Um, So like, I, I don't think like, and uh, repotting is actually really stressful for the plant. Um, so you want to avoid doing that too frequently. Um, I mean, I honestly think, yeah, the biggest indicator to me is the top, the green, the crown, the top of the plant just looks too big for the pot. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's time to, yeah, it's time to change it. Or if like, you can sometimes plant roots where like literally pop out of the pot, like it'll start breaking like the actual plastic of the pot. Mm. Um, but plants can actually thrive um, in the same pot for a very, very long time. Mm. And with monsteras too, they do throw out all of the aerial roots as well. So they're actual like the root systems that are in the soil um, aren't maybe as extensive as one would think. For yeah, the size of doing that, it has like these weird I'm mm -hmm. searching for water. <laughs> I think my problem is I just am overwatering everything. But I'm like, what is it searching for? It's literally growing oh. <laughs> out the side. I'm like, so do I need to trim it? Like, what do I need to do? Well, you can trim those. You mean the big brown roots that stick yeah. out the side? Yeah. So those are their aerial roots because they do climb in wild. So you can get a pole. Um, 
sometimes you can get a mo uh, moss wrapped pole. So the moss poles, um, you can make one. There's tutorials all online or um, interesting. You can ask your local, like, you know, I can make one or I don't have them readily available currently, but if some, you know, <clears throat> if I needed one for a monstera, um, but it's just essentially a pole wrapped in moss so that it's easier for the plant to attach. And I've seen certain people just like take those aerial roots and just literally wrap them around the poles and they'll eventually attach. Like some people will just cut them off. Like some will just let, if you have the space, like they'll let them trail, but you can like wrap them around a pole and they'll just like, it kind of helps like helping the plant climb up. That's so, so that's interesting. Another, yeah. I didn't realize that they were climbing plants. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, they're uh, they get really tall in the wild, like growing up, like, um, yeah, into the sky. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, the growth habit is, is very different than we're kind of used to seeing pots. <laughs> or cut, you know, but lots of people kind of cut the leaves and put them in vases and things like that. Mm -hmm. Never realized that they were. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they become quite vigorous. In our homes they can get pretty big so there's definitely a lot and they won't suffer if you do like cut a little piece off or even if you cut the aerial roots off like it's fine mm -hmm. the plant will be fine yeah mm -hmm. hmm. interesting yeah well cool i mean i don't know if there's anything else that that we should touch on plant care wise um i always like to ask you know what are what are the most popular questions? Because I think so many people are just curious, especially in apartments, you know, I think in DC, that's a big thing too, is just the space functionality, you know, like what kind of plants can you have that either don't take up a lot of space or don't require a ton of sunlight, mm -hmm. you know, or just easy maintenance because we're all, well, I guess we're all home more now, but typically we, we live pretty frenzied lives. Um, and yeah. so able to have all of those, you know, plants in a small space, I think livens it up, but also there's certain considerations to take into account when you're living in 500 square feet, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, especially around here, there are a lot of apartment dwellers. And what I've seen is, and it's actually been my kind of new favorite way to promote, not promote plants, I guess, but this form of like an introductory way into different plants without maybe... Um, you know, the expense and the commitment as much is selling smaller. Most plants are now available in like four inch size pots, like little, little, like, and like a six inch and all the, you know, you can get most varieties that way. So that's my recommendation a lot of times. And that seems to work for a lot of folks in the city and, or people that just want to get into plants, but you're not really quite sure if you'd be able to take care of it. You want to kind of like dive deeper into a plant you're not quite sure about, I think that that's a good way um, to do things without like a huge investment, um, but also just helping kind of like grow your skills. And, you know, I think it's just easier to do with smaller plants. Um, smaller, it's like, it's just, it's just easier. And I've definitely noticed like an uptake in that size of plant. Yeah. So, yeah. Like that's been, that's been, I know, yeah, you can really build up a really big, that, so that's kind of nice. That's and really I'm not cool. most like little leaf fig in there. House, and you can even get in like the tiny four inch size. Really? So it's, yeah, it's really quite incredible. So in a way it helps, I mean, it's a good learning starting point too. Like, you know, some people, you might be scared to take on like a huge fiddle leaf fig, but you can probably take on like four inch, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> or a little mini. They're really cute. Do they get so, big, do they get to be the same size as a they fiddle? They do. Yeah, with a fiddle. So like with repotting a fiddle leaf fig back to the repot. Like again, like it's it just eventually will just look all like it'll just seem like it just like is too you know it's just too big for the pot. Um, but yeah, you would yeah you kind of have to like move it up. It would take a few years. Like it's not like a you know, but they're fairly fast growers those in particular mm -hmm. wow that's really cool yeah i think that's been like the newest thing i'm not the newest but those have just recently come out i think it's neat <laughs> do they grow figs like where does that name come from oh yeah i have no idea because they don't really look 
like the leaves of a fig tree, like maybe? No, they're totally ornamental. They're, they're, um, they're a type of ficus. They're called ficus lirata, and I have no idea why the fiddle leaf. Like what that has, they, yeah, and they don't grow figs. They're just like big leaf, like ornamental giants. <laughs> Yeah, those I love those. I love those ones, and I have um. I don't think is it a paradise, a, a bird of paradise. Yeah, it has like the yeah exactly. Yeah, um, good light. Yeah, there's a ton of good. Actually, you can't tell now, um, but we do. I mean, that is one of the benefits of our apartment, and that was something. I just am a sun seeker, so any any yeah. that I live, I always the first thing that I look for is the natural light. Yeah, same here which is really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, we've been looking at houses in Tacoma Park. Tacoma Park is super, it's just a great place to live. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I love it here. Um, yeah. The community is, is wonderful. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just people are, people are kind to each other here. It's nice. It's a good sense of community. So I really enjoy living here. It can be kind of tricky a house as you may yeah. know if you're, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a great place to live on the Maryland side or the DC side. I mean, we're, we're open to either. We've, the houses that we've looked at primarily are on the Maryland side. We're in Silver Spring yeah. right now. So um, okay. yeah. Yep. So really, I mean, we live on the DC it's, we're on the DC line. Um, the street out front is technically DC, but our complex is located in Maryland. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we've been looking at the housing market's just nuts. I mean, ugh. It's a nightmare yeah. <laughs> out here. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the first house that we put an offer in on was on Flower Avenue, actually. Um, nice. Yeah. And it was really adorable. It was like a little bungalow. That's the thing that I love so much. I think about Tacoma Park. It just is so, so full of character, mm -hmm. which is what yeah. I love so much about it. And it has a really cute downtown. There's so many cute um, shops. Actually, the owner of um, Cielo Rojo, the Mexican food place yep. in town, mm -hmm. he lives in, in my building. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. 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 I love them. They're like a very, yeah. I mean, I love their restaurant, but they've been definitely a very like well-received spot in town. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, all of it. Yeah. People like that's what's also been so nice during like the pandemic is it's definitely a community that like really supports each other. Um, so it was yeah, so that was definitely like helpful. And it was, you know, I actually went, um, did a fundraiser um, with with a friend um, for the Tacoma Park COVID Relief Fund. Once, once when the pandemic started, I put together a couple of plant designs um, and he was selling, he owns a letterpress business. So he was selling some of his prints and um, we were raising money for COVID relief. And we were able to like, at least, for my plant sales, I was able to like team up with some local spots to kind of get my plants out. And um, I mean, the response from the community is just so wonderful. It was, it was a lot of, it was great. I think that's a cool thing too about right now. I mean, there's always, for me, my passion has always been, you know, community over competition, really supporting women specifically, and also just small businesses in general. Um, I love finding like these cool, unique small businesses in town and just seeking them out and making connections because I just feel mm -hmm. like it's so important. And that's how you meet people that are just truly authentic and, you know, pursuing the thing in life that they just really enjoy doing, which I love. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think in DC and in, you know, Tacoma Park and in, there's just so much. And I think COVID has fueled it too. Um, yeah, a community around small businesses and people really wanting to support them, you know? Yeah, for sure. We're lucky to live in such a close knit community. And I actually didn't know that DC, you know, I didn't really know that about DC until, you know, just recently, but it's, you know, I feel like that is a pretty, it's, there are a lot of artists in DC and there's a whole, there's a, you know, there are places like Shopmate in DC that kind of help connect makers, but there's a big, you know, maker community. And it's, I like brought up competition and I have to say like, it's been so nice because I haven't felt that at all. You know, like, it's not like we're all like, this is, you know, I think we're all learning to work together. Like, and that definitely helps way more than all of us just being like, 
you know, this is just me and I don't want you to overshadow that because we're, we're all, we all have such different strengths. Even if it was somebody else selling plants, for example, like, you know, that doesn't, you know, competition is just not, <laughs> you know, thinking of it in that respect is just not really that helpful. Um, yeah. And we are still all like each other out to lift each other up and help. Absolutely. I think that's been critical. I know for me, you know, just in terms of my community and my friends and family and people who have just been interested in my business concepts. And then to also the makers that I reached out to just like yourself, you know, people have been so receptive to having these conversations. Um, mm -hmm. I recently did an interview with Elizabeth Schrader from The Well, um, DC, and actually they, I just saw they announced they're closing their doors, which is really sad. Um, there's a lot of businesses that, you know, are really struggling, especially the ones I think that rely so heavily on, you know, human contact. Mm -hmm. Um, but she was incredible and so receptive to speaking with me. And, you know, it's been that way with so many businesses in town and I've just been so thankful because yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, and I have encountered, you know, definitely mm -hmm. times when people maybe weren't as receptive or felt like, you know, there was competition, but for the most part, I think that mentality of the community over, over competition has always been true. You know, whenever I've reached out to people, people have just been so receptive to it. And that's how you build, you know, a strong foundation for small businesses being able to grow because one-on-one, mm -hmm. you know, -on -one, you're not going to make the same impact as you are, you know, if you do it together. Yeah, you're really not. And yeah, I absolutely agreed. It's made me, I mean, it's, just I think it's definitely helped all of us survive this whole thing um, for sure you know and yeah and I definitely feel very grateful for that to where you know it ha definitely helped pass like the lonely uncertain times of like what is happening here I feel like there was definitely a very strong push from the makers I know most female actually um, that you know we're all fairly motivated to just keep going and keep making and keep putting stuff out there and um yeah, yeah. it's nice it's nice to be able to do that with others who are doing the same thing <laughs> absolutely no i agree and speaking of that we should definitely i'll be in touch because we could definitely collab on the on yeah the there's so much going on that's definitely one of my most popular selling mm -hmm. items, these planters people love them so yeah I, 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 yeah I find that like I've done a few some few collaborations recently and I yeah I mean it's just so wonderful to do that and I think like putting a plant in the yeah it's just the whole thing and your hanging planters are really cute <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know the hanging planters I was so excited about I haven't done yeah mm -hmm. um, Locally. Uh, my, and my mom has a old Volkswagen Westphalia and she was like, I really want one for, for the van to be able to hang plants in the van. Um, so like have a, like a, like a car plant. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I was almost like that could be a thing. I mean, there's like <laughs> factors that like, you know, don't make that a thing you can always have, but like, yeah. Oh my Surprise god, we should make that a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, times like this, you can still do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, fly it's crazy. We, um, so our friends have just been sitting outside because, you know, nobody, nobody's driving them as much anymore. <laughs> right. Um, but it's, I don't know if you have heard about this. There's been, like, a lot of, this is kind of crazy, but, like, car vandalizations in the area. Um, uh -huh. like my boyfriend's car is just sitting on stilts outside because all four of his wheels were stolen. What? Yeah. That's so incredible. Maybe we could just make a car, a giant car plant. What is yeah. That? No, I'm sorry that happened. That's wild. That's. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, his isn't the only one. They're, they're getting Hondas. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just insane. But it just made me, you know, thinking of that, I'm like car plants and like car, like, his like giant car installation, just like sitting out there, you know, covered in, <laughs> in plants. So now it's just like an art installation. <laughs> hey, I mean, thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, car plants are cute. I've, I haven't really, um, 
I know she was talking about it with her band, but I'm like, that's interesting when you put it that way. Like I could probably put, that's probably the place where they get the most sun. It's always parked outside. Yeah. I mean, it get too, I mean, in this area, it's during the super, super hot summer months, like, you know, it's too hot. It gets too hot in our cars. The plants will die. And then obviously it gets too cold. But like in our area, that's really just like, probably like a month out of the summer um so really for the majority of the year you could do it maybe we can like push that out in the spring (laughs) (laughs) you could definitely do like you know rear view mirror hangers suction cup things there's things you could do yeah (laughs) no i love that any excuse to put a plant anywhere i think is good so i'm down and that's definitely what's happening these days (laughs) for sure you know, it's only a good thing. Um, yeah. It's only what? Sorry. I said it's only a good thing to be yeah. adding plants. I mean, I guess it can get a little overwhelming, truth be told. It's a little overwhelming in here sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, how do you keep up with all of your plants? Um, I don't know. I really, I, I just watch them. It's, I just don't like, it's not like every morning I wake up and I'm like, oh, plant watering day or like once a week, whenever I kind of just like, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I pick up on when they need watering. I've kind of grown to see that from experience. Like I can see that a plant needs water, like from across the room. I'll be like, oh, you today need that. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, these like a lot of these sell on a regular basis. So my stock is constantly rotating. I have like my some of my own plants and they're buried in here somewhere. <laughs> Sometimes <Exactly. I'm, laughs> my plants, and, you know, which are, um, you know, I'm really like it makes me really happy to share them with others almost more so than for myself. So, I mean, there's some that have some sentimental value, but other than that, you know. I'm, I'm happy to, to, I don't know, to share anything I have. <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah, I think they make people, they obviously make people really happy too. So anything that can have that effect. Mm-hmm. I, my yeah, dog they really have plants. Yep. Even my son has allowed me to put one plant in his room. So when? Wow. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> How he's old just, is your son? He's 13. <laughs> he's in middle grown up in like you know he's grown up this way his whole life in like some form of a plant space and you know he was cute about it when he was little and then it reached a point where he was like (laughs) you know it's too much you can't can't deal with Mm -hmm. it you know I don't want it in my room (laughs) you know that kind of thing totally understandable yeah yeah (laughs) one day I think it's one of those things where when you're a teenager you're like oh mom but then you get older have an appreciation for everything that it's taught you you know yeah I'm like guaranteed I also yeah you you know first girlfriend you have will be so impressed (laughs) 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 by the green thumb (laughs) you know I'm like it's it might be cool one day like it's not cool now but (laughs) one day you're gonna your advantage yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) I just thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and I will let you know once everything is posted sorry that got a little cut off there I'm still getting used to this whole podcasting thing so bear with me for more about me Ellie Rowe and my business Ellie Jane Collective you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Ellie Jane Collective or online at elliejanecollective.com And please, please, please do us a favor and subscribe, like, review, interact, engage, and share our podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms with your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, whoever you think might be interested in listening. We would really appreciate it. And honestly, that's really the only way we will be able to continue bringing you this amazing content. Stay tuned for our next episode of Women Owned Wednesday by Ellie Jane on November 18th. So two weeks from now. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.